Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and thank you for being here today for the We Hear Her podcast through Women Who Succeed. I am so excited to get to speak today to Dr. Denise Huftelin, who is the eighth president for the Salt Lake Community College. And um, she has a remarkable background, and I'm so thrilled to get to talk to her a little bit about her leadership. So first, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, what brought her to this role. And um, I'm gonna begin a little bit with um, talking about her strategic vision for the college. In her tenure as president, Dr. Huftelin has launched a college-wide strategic planning cycle, which has produced a brand new vision, mission, and values, including strategic goals for the college. Dr. Huftelin is leading efforts to strengthen completion rates, transfer pathways, workforce responsiveness, and of course, equity and student access and completion. She encourages an environment of innovation and positive restlessness, challenge staff and faculty to embrace emerging pedagogies such as open educational resources and competency-based education, and to situate Salt Lake Community College as a model for inclusive and transformative education. And for those of you that live in the Salt Lake Valley and beyond in Utah, I'm sure you have seen um, many of those things come to fruition, and Salt Lake Community College is quite the happening place that's <laughs> all the buzz. A little bit prior to this, um, I just want to share with you that she served as the interim president, vice president of student services, dean of students, and director of academic and career advising. And before joining Salt Lake Community College in 1992, Dr. Huftelin held positions at William Rainey Harper College, Northwestern University, and the University of Utah, Stanford University, and the Institute for Shipboard Education. Her and her husband, Tim, are the parents of two sons, Max and Eli. Mm -hmm. She earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Utah, a master's degree from UCLA, and a doctorate in education, leadership, and policy, also from the University of Utah. So please help me welcome President Huftelin today. She said that I could have permission to call her Denise, which <laughs> Absolutely. I think is super cool that you're willing. <laughs> like we said outside, if I had the title president, I would use it at all times. This is more fun. Just <laughs> Denise and Aaron speaking. Do you use it on your kids, though? Do you have your kids um, ever call you president? I will tell you that the ringtone that my husband, you know when you call someone, they set a ringtone to say who's yeah. calling. His is that that presidential march that they play whenever the president oh, walks I in the room. I love that. <laughs> so that's the only time the president really seeps into our he has a daily home life. Humor. Yes, he does. So every now and then it'll go off. Like if I text him and I'm still at home. I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh my goodness. Oh. What is that? Hail to the chief or something. Yeah, hail to the chief. <laughs> I love that. That's and that, great. One time I went to an event and the name tags are out. And there is the name tag that says, Aaron Trenbeth Murray's husband. Oh, oh my. <laughs> and he loved that, I'm sure. He loved it. He was like, there you go. <laughs> so that kind of reminds me, we yes. were talking before. Mm -hmm. um, I want to hear a little bit about Tim's engagement, support of you and the family, because this remarkable background that you have, professionally, educationally, leadership roles, everything you're asked, every board, including Women Who Succeed, mm -hmm. who you're asked to serve on, you have to have an incredibly supportive partner 
um, yes. when you have children. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for asking that. Um, well, I'll start by saying that we got married a little bit later in life, and at least in Utah, it seems later in life. I was 29, he was 27. Oh, crazy. But that's not really late, but <laughs> compared to my friends who were, you know, yeah. getting married right out of high school and such, we were getting married a little later in life. So I had already established a career. I, w I had my master's. I was looking to kind of advance in my career, and he was a little bit, uh, he'd grew up, grown up and, and studied agriculture. He grew up in mm -hmm. Iowa, so farming was his, you know, wheelhouse, and so that's what he started out doing. And then he recognized that that's really not what he wanted to do. So he made a career move, and we, which brought us back to Salt Lake. And I think because of that career move and his, um, his identity wasn't as wrapped up in a career trajectory as mine was. Mm -hmm. So when we started to have kids, we realized early on after the second boy that childcare is so hard to find and so expensive that by the time he was working part-time and trying to manage the kids, we were spending everything on childcare. So mm -hmm. he just he just stopped out and became a full-time dad. And that was huge because I went back and got my PhD during that time. Our kids were little during that time. So he was, you know, doing junior achievement in mm -hmm. the elementary school yep. and, and yep. doing all that stuff while I was working. And, and you know, when I went, got my PhD, my son, I think my youngest was in kindergarten, um, maybe. And so, you know, we would study at the table together, but I never had to worry about, I got to find a way to pick this kid up and move him to soccer. You know, I never had to navigate all of those things that a lot of working women have to do yeah. and dual career um, couples have to do. So I feel so so blessed that way. And he's always been someone that said, you can do it. Like he has no doubt mm -hmm. of my, what I can do. He, I have more doubts about what I can do than he does. So he's just a, he's, you know, and he, he took a lot of flack for that. I mean, this was in the nineties. Right. So not a lot of guys are staying home. Right. There's still not a lot of guys talking about staying at home. It's getting better, yeah. but you know, he would, people at the grocery store would say things to him like, you know, I, I'm surprised your wife lets you grocery shop. And oh, he's like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a good thing. Or we wouldn't eat, you know, we wouldn't eat. Yeah. He had a flight attendant take our baby away from him once because Max was crying on the plane and Tim was trying to soothe him. He was walking up and down the aisle. And the, stu the flight attendant just came and grabbed the baby and started to sue them. And, I, and Tim was like, nobody would ever do that to a mom. You would, no. never, you would never take a child no. out of a mom's. So it's just those little kind of, yeah. you know, things that happen to men who have chosen to be that kind of a parent yeah. that I think are problematic in our society. I think they're still there. I think there's still some kind of stigma. And when you talk about your the name tag with your husbands, mm -hmm. he was the first man. So... When you have a president, you always have a first lady, right? Well, when I became president at the time, I was the another. I was the only woman president at the time. That's no longer the case, but so that all the women partners had a luncheon at Thanksgiving point, and when he got to the Thanksgiving point, there was a sign that said "First Lady's Luncheon," oh, and wow. that's where he was going. And so he just made himself at home, and he has a great sense of humor, so he doesn't care. But it's just that kind of stuff that you take for granted that we have to kind of challenge, I think, yeah. a little bit. And he's been great at, he's just great at challenging. And I want to meet him. Doing, you know, doing what he wants to do and not really worrying what other people think. So that's great. And I think it's a great role model for our boys. I was just going to ask that. I think, you know, we've been, I've been pondering and reading quite a bit lately about male allies with women who mm -hmm. succeed. And I have two sons, yep. 18 and 22. And... Um, what, two things that I kind of want to unpack here, if I can put them together. One is that I'd love, I mean, what an amazing, unusual experience for your sons to get to have that much bonding time mm -hmm. and that amazing 
I mean, the duration of time with him, yes. with them, with homework and with making dinner and all yep. of that. Yep. I'd love to hear more about that. And and then I'd also like to know what you think your boys learned or learned by watching you as this powerhouse of a woman in the mm -hmm. community, just moving and shaking the Wasatch Front. Mm -hmm. Well, I wish, you know, that's a great question we should ask my boys. I, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I guess they just had such time with him. I mean, they have really vivid memories of little episodes in their lives with him, whether it's, you know, he used to ride a bike to school with them in one of those tow, you know, mm -hmm. those little um, stroller tow, I, think, I don't want to recall, but he used to ride them to school that way. And they have great memories of him, you know, in elementary school and, and junior high being really involved. Uh, he was always the soccer coach. He was, all, you know, he was mm. always with those guys. And so they have really just fun memories of different times in their life with him. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they would really, I don't know if they would talk about like gender barriers or anything like that. I don't know if that really affected them. It, would it was be, just normal. For yeah, them. it's it <laughs> might be, it's a good question to ask them um, whether that whether they ever thought that was weird or you know if anybody ever wondered about it. I will say in terms of my boys and my career, I just think they're you know they think it's I think they think it's great, and I think they're very supportive. My oldest son Max spoke at my inauguration, mm. and that was really touching and sweet and you know he just talks about being someone that um, kind of just models you can go for what you want to do in life you just go for it if you want to do something if you if you want to get a PhD you go get your PhD you know if you want to be a president you throw your hat in the ring and I think that kind of I don't know if it's courage or I don't know what I would call it just a willingness to try you know I think maybe they've seen that and they're kind of they're proud of that you know they make fun of me all the time about you know, just being powerful and, you know, those yeah, silly yes, things and um, yes. the queen and all that yes. stuff. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think down deep, they're probably just proud and they see that they can, they can accomplish a lot too, if they want to do it. I find as you're talking, just so much is spinning in my head about when my sons and my husband kind of gang up on me in a fun way, but they jab, they'll jab a little bit about, well, it's all about Aaron's world yes. or, or yep. the queen is here. Yes. So, and I'm like, oh, I'm just definitely. trying to eat something yes. before I have to run out the door, you know, yeah. but, but I know they're joking and teasing and I know I feel that sense of warmth and love in the humor and in the, oh, in the tease as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. really close with my boys and it sounds like you are as well. Yeah. When Eli was born, um, we knew we were only going to have two kids, so when we had the second boy, it was clear now that I was going to be the only woman in the house. Yeah. And I made, that the, realization. I made some... Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. And I, I think um, I said something about, okay, well, if I'm going to be the queen, then I need a tiara. And like my husband the next day when I was in the hospital brought me this great plastic tiara, you know. Perfect. And so every now and then they pull the that princess. out. But mm -hmm. That's cute. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, because Salt Lake Community College, honestly, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. I, I've never seen it and heard it the way it is now. It's oh. just, you, there's, it's got such energy and electricity. And I'm grateful for your leadership in our community with so many kids, with another mm -hmm. option for adults and for, yep. for young students to, to get to, to go and further, further their knowledge, further their lifelong learning, um, pursue a two-year degree, pursue a four-year degree, yeah. all the options you have. I worry about young women, especially first-generation young women. I worry about young women across Utah that may have the fear 
of they want there is an inkling of wanting to continue their education after high school but not sure how to make that leap yeah with your extensive education all that you've done what guidance or advice could you give to light a fire under mm -hmm. some of these young women to just take that step just to give it a try just to throw your hat in the ring like you yeah. said yeah I think well first of all I've never had to to navigate college not without a parent that had done it before me. Mm -hmm. So I think all of my socialization, my mom and dad were both at college, they both went to the U, I heard a lot about their university mm -hmm. stories. So going to college was kind of just a natural thing in my family. But I would say this, and that is that I think all young people underestimate their talent and their intellect. I just think there's just something about being young that people kind of dismiss um, how smart they are and not in a bad way but it's just we assign youth like you haven't really developed yet you're not that smart yet you know you're gonna learn all that and I think that when you're coming out of high school you're still really young mm -hmm. but you you have um, developed skills you wouldn't have finished high school if you hadn't developed the skills to to think about new ideas, to express yourself. And all that's gonna happen in college is that's just gonna get easier and easier and better and better. So you already have it. It's not like only some people should go to college. It's that once you get there, you start to recognize and get the feedback. Um, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna disparage K-12, but K-12 is so formulaic. Mm -hmm. And in college, you, it's more open. And you, you are suddenly, it's you managing your identity it's you managing your emotions you know it's you choosing your purpose and and what classes you want to learn it's not it's not structured for you right and there's some liberation there and I think a lot of young people just need to feel that because I think that energy of that liberation would be is that ignites things on its own mm -hmm. I don't they don't need me that'll just ignite <laughs> on their own because they suddenly realize you know what I never knew about that and I really care about that whatever that issue is or that discipline is that somehow they get turned on to that. So I would, especially young women, I think, um, you know, more and more young women are entering college. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, we still have some gaps around bachelor degree attainment. We usually have really close, if not higher percentage, women graduate at the college. Uh -huh. But we have a lot of fields that are historically feminine fields, right? Nursing, yeah, teaching, yeah. social work, those kinds of fields. Um, I worry that young women who are especially young women that get into a relationship early in life mm -hmm. choose to step away from their education to finish help finish the the partner's education and then with great intention to come back and finish but then if a family starts and everything sure. else starts all that gets pushed away and we have 40 year olds 42 year olds 50 year olds coming back my husband died mm. i got divorced it didn't work out he was abusive mm -hmm. that never finished and so their economic options are limited um, it's, they're usually great learners because now they really want to learn right. right it's on them they they're excited but it's hard to manage that late in life you know um, so I encourage young women and young men go through your education get it done get it done. get it done go in explore get a degree you know do internships really explore and and finish you know, I always say to young people who have a few credits but haven't finished, you know what, 36 credits on your resume doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. 
I don't care if you have 36 credits. I care whether you have an associate's degree or a certificate in a certain field or a bachelor's degree or a PhD. But you got to have the credential. Yeah, it's I the think execution. you're always going to have that, even in our even in our changing economy. Everything. I think you're always going to need some kind of post secondary credential. Yeah, whether yeah, exactly. Whether it's an IT and or it's a specialized field that the credential is there. It the completion, the the tenacity to finish. Yeah. It, the, yeah. I loved what you were saying early on. I was resonating with me because of my 18 year old son, and he is a fun, fun kid. So fun. School's not so fun, right? Yeah. yeah. And started school, and I was so proud. I have been so proud this fall watching him, uh, his resiliency and him navigating and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And it just reassured to me, to your point, that college is so much more open. Yes. And you pick and choose, and you own it, and you navigate it. And is that hard? Yeah, it's hard. And then you... You need help, there's resources. Yeah. Then you yes. tap into the school resources and you yes. talk to the academic advisors and you go to the tutoring center and you ask your friends and yeah. you do you watch tutorials on YouTube mm -hmm. and you figure it out. But Utah being number one in the country with um, females dropping out after mm -hmm. two years, it's it's not good for our, our it's not good for them. It's not good for their families, it's not good for our economy, right. it's not good for our community. Like yes. we just gotta get them over that. Yeah, line. and that it has residual effects, right? So I'm also I serve on the Women's Leadership Institute board as well, and we're trying really hard to elevate women in, you know, C-suite yeah. um, areas in the in the legislature, in you know, CEOs. So you can't do that if you don't have an educated workforce, right? And and usually, if you're going to run for office, not always. A lot of folks have run for office very successfully without a certain kind of degree, but I just think. It opens up so many other opportunities for women to influence their communities or legislation or, you know, what we want to prioritize in our budgets or those kinds of things um, if you finish your education. So, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, there is so much that we could unpack here with all of your, all of your, your community service and um, your career. What, I guess what I'd love to kind of wrap up with towards the end is understanding when I look, when I looked at your bio, and I've done a little research on you, and <laughs> what uh -oh, we do, Google, right? Google, yes, yes, yeah, yes. You good. read that long bio, yes. It's all okay. good, um, and yet you, you. Every time I have spoken with you, a couple things that have come across to me. Uh, the second time that we spoke, you acted like we'd known each other ten years. <laughs> You were so warm and engaging mm. and just so down to earth. And I'm like, she, we need her in Women Who Succeed. Um, how are you finding such a beautiful balance between this, this calm, personal demeanor that you have, the demands of serving on boards in the community, um, the time, commitments, and love to give to your family, and then giving 110% to the community college yeah. at the same time? Well, I don't think, I, I think I, I've heard some other women say that you're never really in balance. Right. It's just, um, yeah. you know, some weeks are really focused on school yeah. and, and things at home are barely there. And, and I, my, to be fair, both my kids are kind of launched right now. They're not at home and mm -hmm. um, my husband's doing his own thing. So there's not a lot of people at home waiting for me to help, right? Tim's, everybody's self-sufficient. But, um, <laughs> but I think you don't ever like, balance it perfectly and quite frankly I have really good friends and my kids and my husband where I mean they hear 
they hear what I really want to say. So the calm and, you know, I mean, I, I have bad days. That's definitely part of it. And you just have to find really trusted people who you can mm. get real with and say, this is so frustrating. And then you sleep on it and, you know, it's better the next day. And it gets better every day after that. So I would just say, you know, you only live once. And just because I'm the president doesn't mean I want, I worry when you have titles like president and CEO and whatever, that it automatically kind of puts a barrier up mm. and people don't, may or may not tell you the truth mm. or they may not act kind of real around you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want people to pretend things are all great or that they have to act a certain way around me. I want people to just live their life, be authentic, be real, do their job well, have fun, be a human. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're trying to make the world a better place. We want to have fun. We want to be respected. So let's just all do that and we'll be fine. So those labels and stuff, I think, sometimes get in the way. Sure. And I'm sometimes you have to have them. There's total, there's places and circumstances where people introduce me as president and that's perfect and that's how it should be. There's formal events I go to where I have to speak, mm -hmm. where I really, you know, m kind of make it more presidential. But I think in day-to-day -day living, you just have to, if you want people to work with you and collaborate, you have to be someone that they feel like they can trust and approach and have fun with. Well, it is an honor, Thank honestly, you. to get to know you more and more. Every time I, I was like, oh, great, I get to interview yeah. the president. Um, and I like to be respectful. You earned that title. <laughs> You put a lot yes. of hours into that title and the work you, you're doing and your ethics and your integrity. Um, it is a privilege to call you the president of the Salt Lake Community College, but I also love that you allow me to call you Denise. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, thanks for you're being here You're good at today. this. You sh this is be your full-time job. <laughs> yeah, man. You should like, move exactly over Oprah. Yeah, move <laughs> over. You're good. You're so natural. Oh, you're this so has been fun. Thank good. you. Well, yeah. thank you for being here. And with that, we will call it a day. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.